Welcome to another episode of the Pro Ho Podcast, a conversation series between myself, Penda, and other dope creatives talking about sex and sexual identities and how we navigate our sex lives as people of color. Today, I'm joined by another Senegalese beauty, Anais, the sultry singer, songwriter, visiting all the way from London town. I'm so happy to have you here, Anais. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. How has your time been in New York? Um, it's been amazing. I just played a show out here. And uh, it's been nice to come back because I went to NYU with you. You went to, you went to NYU, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, it's just been nice to kind of come back and see what's been happening here, really. Amazing. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about your music? What's your vibe? Or what's your sound? Yeah. Um, well, I think my sound is kind of constantly evolving. So I have a hard time pinning down exactly what it is. But I think really at the core, it's you know somewhere we, like it's like a version of alternative soul that's what i would call it you know you'll find different things depending on the songs um i like to be a bit experimental as well but it is soul music sometimes it'll be a bit more r&b sometimes it'll be a bit more pop sometimes you know it's just like trying to use all of my influences and all the places that i've been and incorporate that into my sonic identity and do you write your music? Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so important to me to, you know, it's it's my message. You know, it's what I'm saying. So I've, I've always felt really weird about performing songs that I didn't write. And I think it'd take a really special person to write a song for me. Like, if Frank Ocean wanted to write a song for me, I'd sing it, <laughs> you know, obviously. But, like, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, obviously, Frank Ocean. I mean, come on. <laughs> so I want to I wanna talk a little bit more about you know sex obviously this is the (laughs) promo podcast but i want to i'm so curious to have the perspective of another senegalese woman Mm -hmm. and and maybe how your culture or your family's culture has shaped your sexual identity Mm. and how you navigate the world as a woman um if you want to talk a little bit more about that like did you feel sheltered about sex growing up from your family it's weird because my mom is super liberal like my mom was always like you need to go out there and like experience things like she was always like you can't marry like the first person that you sleep with she's like you have to just know you know if this is working for you because you have to have something to compare it to but my dad was obviously the opposite also we never I've never talked about sex with my dad but it was just like made clear that it's like especially me being in the music industry from his perspective it's like oh no you're about to be on stage half naked and like you're probably out here doing drugs and sleeping with everyone and um this comes in well the opportunity to be on this podcast comes in at a good time in my life because I feel like I'm finally getting there where I'm like oh like I can be free like I don't have to um I don't know I just feel like my sexual liberation has become a priority in my life where it wasn't before you know and I think um whilst my mom did encourage that she also really encouraged like you know academic excellence and stuff like that so for so long my focus in my life has been you know to excel in you know school or art and that part of myself was really I think suppressed you know so I'm just finally getting to that place where I'm like okay like I need I'm gonna get old you know and I'm just <laughs> like I can't be old and you know I just need to have a little bit of fun you know so yeah I can't be old and like thinking back like oh I wish that man or that woman that exactly. you know that time that one time yeah it's such an important part of ourselves and it's so important to um just to undo like unlearn some of like the toxic things that we've attached to it and I realized like um what was it oh yeah so when I had this realization I was like okay I'm gonna start living my best life like I'm (laughs) if I see someone I'm attracted to like I'm not gonna like shy away from it right and um the first person where when that occurred uh 
I did like I don't want to say I made the first move, but I did like make it clear for like probably the first time in my life that oh I like you because usually I just wouldn't say anything. I just like mm, I really yeah. like this person in my head and no one Same. else knows, right? And thinking people can read your mind, right? And then, um, then I started to have all these toxic thoughts about myself, like oh you you being thirsty, like all these things, and I was like wow I can't believe I've actually internalized so many of these beliefs, you know? Because I'll if I was talking to anyone else, I'd be like of course you should go and like get this and get your life like. But when it was me, I just all you of a sudden had was being really mean to myself about how like having desire for someone and especially pursuing it first and not like allowing them to come to me and stuff. So it's just, you know, it's work, really. It is. Yeah. I do that sometimes in my head. I'm I overthink things. And I'm like, oh, they wouldn't be interested anyway, or why? Same. You know, I'm not gonna put myself out there. But again, the advice that I always get people is like, oh, like be pro ho, like live mm. your best life. And I'm like, wow, you actually need to internalize your own advice. Exactly. And then I leave the situation feeling like, why didn't like what did you have to lose? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. Um, and that that happened to me recently with someone that I. I was out to dinner with a couple friends and after this person left I was like oh I asked his friend like oh is he single and he was like why didn't you just ask or like make your move the whole time that we were at dinner and I was like I don't know you know all my friends like you should have why didn't you shoot your shot like because there's so much trauma and so many things that you have to rework in your in your mind and and not be so you know evil to yourself essentially definitely I was I was reading this book I think it was Audre Lorde Audrey mm-hmm. Lord, I don't know how you pronounce it. Yes, you know she was talking about how like men have for so long like tried to control women by like basically suppressing our like sexual because it's such a powerful force of ours, and so for generations we've been like taught to like suppress that, and in a way it's like a controlling like method. I mean, obviously I'm not saying it as eloquently <laughs> as they did, but um, yeah, the book is like super interesting. No, I love I love her and and her writing, and she talks a lot about the erotic and pleasure. Yes. And I was reading this book um, called Pleasure Activism by yeah. Adrienne Marie Brown, and she always talks about living her life from a place of orgasmic yes. And I mm. and I read that, and I was thinking, I was like, wow. What if I navigated my life always thinking of a place of like when you have an orgasm and it's so powerful and you're just like, you know, like for lack of a better term, you're like, yes, like mm-hmm. it's just euphoric. Elated. Elated, right. And I was like, wow, what if I made all decisions and, and went through life and interacted with people and right. um, had the confidence and made decisions always from this place of, mm. of orgasm? How would I, how would that serve me mm. differently as opposed to sometimes making decisions and actions based on a place of no and and I really thought about that and, I, and I'm trying to work on how right. I can shape my my life and decisions. Definitely. And like, where is it coming from? Like, why are we saying no to ourselves? You know, like what, you know, is it coming from a place of fear or I don't know. It's all really interesting to me. And I, I find that um, as well, it's so important to have these conversations because, you know, my experience as a woman, it has been that I've always found myself um, to overgive. And to always like over care for other people. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I think it's a beautiful thing to be really generous and really giving. But sometimes I never knew how to set the boundary for myself. And then I found that in um, sexual exchanges, I would also be that way. So a lot of the time I actually not be fully satisfied, but I was satisfied by the, the thought that someone else was, you know, and forgetting that, like, what about my own pleasure like that? should also be a priority you know oh definitely and that but it does apply like in all aspects almost of like how i navigate the world you know just like just being too concerned for other people and not so much for my own well-being like my own pleasure my own satisfaction 
Oh, I I saw a quote just today, actually, that set, I don't remember exactly, but it was like, if you don't set boundaries, like, basically, you're just being allowing yourself to be walked all over. Mm-hmm. And essentially, like, when you're or when you're that giving without boundaries, like, mm-hmm. it's still you being taken advantage of. And I think for myself, like, I am the first one to say I have zero boundaries. I'm working on that a lot. Yeah. But also sexually, I love to please. Like, that's just mm-hmm. part of my personality as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I get off by knowing that my partner is satisfied, yeah. right? But of course, like, you want it in return to you. Yeah. But it took me a while to also demand those yeah. things. Or not demand, but ask for those things or, yeah. you know, say this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's still like an ongoing process of being like, oh, wow, you deserve these pleasures too. And then I would walk away from sex and feel unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, why didn't you just say something or speak up? Like, yeah. it's really not that difficult. And the personality of the person that you're sleeping with is like such a big part of it. You know, some people just feel like more naturally connected to you. And it's like, you feel free and others are like kind of in their own ways. And you're just like, oh, okay, I guess this is how this is going to go. Exactly. And I think too, I don't know if you can relate to this. A lot of my other girlfriends say a lot of times in their life, like you said, women always having to take care of other people, like in our normal lives, we're used to being dominant and you're mm. an aspiring artist so I'm sure you have to work up the courage to talk to people network or put yourself out there that's a part of your career and your job and your passion but so sometimes in the bedroom it maybe you want to be more submissive or like Mm. that comes like less naturally to you and and I think there are like there is a duality to it at least for my personality is like in real life I definitely am a little bit more uh outgoing and I think like the shell of us like both of us are like almost six feet tall like so you're six feet tall exactly (laughs) so you know I think for other people outwardly they probably like oh this woman is powerful and our bodies Mm. are strong and we're chocolate and tall and then but I'm like yeah I am all of those things and but I'm also (laughs) submissive sometimes yeah so I think it's um kind of finding those levels with with a partner and letting hoping that they understand all sides of you. Yeah, I feel like I don't even really know. Like different people have told me different things. So some people are just like, you're really dominant. And some people are just like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I just I haven't really like identified that yet. But maybe I don't have to just like just keep being on the journey and like figure it out. But do you feel like do you feel like men are better at asking for what they want? Like do you feel like they I mean I don't know I don't know if you sleep with women. Like I don't know. But like whoever you sleep with, if you do sleep with men, like mm-hmm. do you feel like they're a bit more like likely to ask for what they want i do think that there is an underlying expectation Mm -hmm. from men or sometimes rather than saying i think that men that i've slept with will take the initiative just to like move your head move your arm like suggest this switch the position as opposed to asking they just more so do whereas i think myself i'm let i'm more timid like i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not just gonna like shove your head like in between my legs <laughs> but I really should like one yeah. of my guy friends is like no you definitely just should and they'll yeah, take they the hint that shit. I'm just like, <laughs> yes. yeah. do you feel like they verbalize I don't think it's verbal no, I don't, permission I, I, it's, yeah I didn't really necessarily mean it as like in a verbal way but mm-hmm. more so like they will not walk away from like say if they want head like they're not gonna stop until they get like they'll make it very clear <laughs> yeah. some way shape or form you know <laughs> yeah. and like if you don't want to it's just like I mean, that's how, because I'm like a bit, this is why I'm like, I don't know if I'm dominant submissive, because if somebody, if I'm in the wrong mood and somebody puts my head down, I'm just going to be like, no, like, yeah. <laughs> fuck no. Like, you know, just all of a sudden, just like my whole mood will just switch. Right. Well, maybe someone who's like more submissive would like find that attractive. But like me, I'm just a bit like, no, I kind of have to want to do this if I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah. So, but it really just depends on the person, because like, 
depending on the person, I'd be like, oh, that's really hot, you know? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, it's all about attraction. Come on. And also, yeah. like you said, you, you have different moods. Sometimes I have sex and I'm just like, oh, I just want to get off. Which now as I get older, I'm just like, mm, rather just masturbate than like do the whole yeah. <laughs> oh my God. in person thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's such a double standard around it. And it's, I don't know, men or... I, the thing is, like, most of my friends... I feel like I have more male friends than I have, like, female friends. And I'll just... Same. I've, I've actually learned so much recently about them also and how they think. Because I've also um, kind of held on to really toxic beliefs about men and what how I thought that they would perceive, say, a woman that you say is more aggressive or, like, is more... Uh, not for, not aggressive, but, like, more forward, yes. you know? Or um, a girl who, like, sleeps around more and stuff. And I've just, like, learned that, you know, everyone's kind of the same. Like, everyone just kind of just wants a connection you know or maybe it's just because i'm in this age range like i'm just not I'm no longer like super early 20s where it's like yep don't give a shit yeah you know? <laughs> but like my people are a bit like okay we're getting there like you know maybe i can meet someone special so people want more of those connections and i just i just think it's so important to like follow your truth and like not not do something because of what you think someone might think or like might perceive about you like it really just is your life and it's like your vagina you know and <laughs> <Exactly>. like <laughs> that's not what I was gonna say but that's what came out yeah so it's like just do whatever you you gotta do like for yourself you know I agree and I, I do think that I um for a while had an unhealthy idea of of like the male perspective regarding mm -hmm. to sex like you were saying and I wonder for you and I maybe having like our fathers being I don't know if your father was conservative. My father was like, oh, con yeah. hyper conservative. Okay, hyper conservative. He probably like would not, he probably thinks I'm still not having sex. Like, and I'm, you know, yeah. which is like normal. I mean, in Senegal, it's like get married and then. I mean, at this point, when I go back to Senegal, they're mm. like, you're an old maid. You are like, unmarried. No, listen, <laughs> no my children. little cousins be like 14 years old and they're like, you know, Aida, you're getting a little bit old, damn. When are you going to, you know, and I'm just like, excuse you? We yeah. don't do things like this in Europe. <laughs> exactly. I mean, last I went last year. I've been making an effort to go every year. So last year Ooh. I went and I was with Jeez. one of my like best friends, Sarah. And I'm sh I'm a thousand percent positive. My family was probably like, mm, that's are they are they, is that her girlfriend? Mm. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that's again in my mind. But I just felt like so much pressure of being I had just turned 30 this year. But like being 30 and, and unmarried and not having kids, I really just felt like they're probably like, well, why isn't she <laughs> with a man? Or yeah. Which again, also, I don't even know if that's culturally appropriate to like bring a man to visit my family who's oh. not my husband. There are so many things. Unknowns. I went to Senegal's Asian my video with uh, my guitarist who like plays in my band. And literally, we were like, I wanted to stay at my dad's house because, like, we have mad space there. And just because we're not, like, you know what I mean? Because through his eyes, like, either you're married or if not, if he literally did not let us stay there. Like, we had to, like, go find another place to stay because, like, that's how conservative he is. He's like, I'm not going to have people around town thinking you're bringing a guy in this house. Doesn't matter, like, if we're sleeping together or not. You know what I mean? Like, to him, it's just no. Like, either he's your cousin, your brother, or your husband, <laughs> and that's it, you know? So it's pretty wild. I know. It's so I wonder if that has something to do with why we have these unhealthy, you know, expectations from men via sex. I don't I literally mm. never spoke to my dad about sex and I on I don't even think I don't remember my dad was just not even an affectionate person. So I wonder Same. if that has something to do with oh my God. Yeah. Although when he wouldn't let me sleep in my room that the first night that we got there, I did sleep in the bed with him and his wife. I was like, okay, well then I'm sleeping with y'all then. Really? Oh my gosh. We're cuddling tonight. That's that oh my gosh. So you could sleep with him and his wife, yeah. but not with your friend. Yeah, exactly. In possibly even in separate rooms. Exactly. No. So
Damn. I, I do feel like a lot of my other African friends are, or people who have immigrant parents, we kind of had that similar yeah. experience. You know, I just like, I didn't really see my parents even kiss or hold hands or anything mm. of that sort. And then my father passed away five years ago. And then afterwards, my mm. mom would say, she was like, oh, I wish I would have like been more affectionate or held hands. And, and when she said that, I just was kind of like, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm, and maybe not everyone is not like that, but I do think if she would have been more outwardly showing her mm-hmm. love towards him, then her kids would have been affected more and maybe had, had more positive experiences in terms of like giving and expectations from partners. Cause I yeah. just really did not see that growing up. And therefore, I think a lot of my information about sex and dating came from other sources. I think it's so important. Like, if I had a child, I'd definitely be way more open, like, about sex. Because then it's just, like, you're just leaving them out there to find out on their own. Like, but, yeah, no, I feel like in my family, especially my Senegalese family, they're not, they're really not that affectionate. Like, I just can't even picture one scene where I see anyone. It's more like my cousins used to get beat, like, if they had a boyfriend. Like, they, my, my aunt wouldn't let my cousins who were, like, in their 30s go to the beach with me. She'd be like, yeah, you can go to the beach, but, you know, uh, Astu's not going to the beach because, you know, she's gonna be seeing guys there and I'm not just I'm that was really shocking for me like at that age and I I feel like the contact was always like I don't know it's also weird because I'm looking at my dad and like his he, my dad has two wives and like sometimes I'm just like do you love them like because I don't I don't I'm not sure like how their whole relationship, relationship is really functioning like if it's more just for show if that makes sense like just yeah. to please like the culture and it's like yeah, because, you know, for him, it's like he can't not be married. You know, it's just not There's okay. No, yeah, it's not okay. There's no way. And um, with the kids and the parents, it's just like there's this kind of authority and there's a bit like a really big line. And I, I can't speak again for everyone in Senegal, but like from in my family, yes, it's like, you know, you really only talk to your parents about certain things and you only talk to them a certain way. And that's it. That's you it. Know? There's just the line is... It's wise. It has been drawn. <laughs> yeah, the line has been drawn. <laughs> no, I know my uncle has like four wives, and he's he's almost seventy at this point. And I and when I went last year, his or a few years ago, his wife, his youngest wife, was like thirty two, maybe he was like sixty five at the time. Mm. And um, yeah, again, it, it's like is I think part of it is just purely reproduction. Right. I do think it's about just like having younger wives that can just give you the most children carry your namesake on but it is for me like wrapping around my head i'm just like i literally can't even date someone who's like texting someone yeah (laughs) so it's just like the concept and i mean obviously it's like tradition right and this is just when you when that is part of your upbringing it's totally normative yeah Okay, what do you feel about answering um, a couple questions from our listeners? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here is from the first caller. Hi, Penda. I'm hoping you could help me with this dilemma. I recently got back on Hinge, and I was scrolling through, and I stumbled upon my friend's fiance's photo. It's a recent photo. Wow. What should I do? (laughs) Short. Okay, so she's on the dating app. She's scrolling. She sees her friend's mm. fiance on the app. I'm so what a do you think? Shot and sending it right to my friend. That's what I would do. And I mean, is it an old p- profile that he just forgot to delete? She says a new photo. So I'm like, <laughs> it's a new photo. I think you have to immediately just just let the friend know. I couldn't live with not telling my friend because, yeah, I just can't do that. And like, they might be in an open relationship, and then she she 
could just be like, cool, yeah, that's all good, you know? But if she's not, like, but if she she's needs to not. know. Yeah, exactly. It's so, I mean, are you on any dating apps? No. I mean, I'm kind of on Raya, but I don't think it's a dating app. Is it a dating <laughs> app? Because I don't even use that shit, to be honest. I literally have never, I've been on it twice. I used to be on Tinder. And Me too. I used to be on OkCupid. Like, Me too. Way back in the way day. Way back. Um, Hinge, I don't know about. And there's like a few of them. Like there's mad of them. There's so many. And Tinder is like, but Tinder stresses me out though. It's like, there's so many. Too many. <laughs> Yo, and people are just like way too intense. Like they can be a bit intense for me. Cause I'm weird. Cause I like, I kind of need, first of all, I'm, I'm one of those people like, I need to be attracted to you intellectually. Like Same. that's how people get me like, I could be around you forever. Not even realize that you're like mad fine. And then they'll start saying something and I'm like, oh shit. Like, yes, you know, and obviously it'll just click. So I have a bit of a hard time with like an, an app like that. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, how do you meet people? Are you on apps? I'm not on any apps. I have been before. I've been on Tinder, OkCupid, Hinge. Um, and it's, I just never feel like I get, I express myself mm. correctly on these apps mm. as I do in person. I feel like I'm much better in person. <laughs> you know, charisma is like a real thing too. It's like some people you probably could just say no to and you meet them in person. They're yeah. Actually amazing. Right. Exactly. And so um, I always get on and I'm like, okay, let me just try it for like a week or whatever. And then I literally get like zero matches. And I'm like, what is wrong with yeah. me? I thought. But I say I'm no. Just... I swipe no so much. Like I literally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I say no like. 99% of the time and then I'm like no one's ever saying yes but it's because I'm, I'm probably saying no. saying no to everyone and I make my filter so sm- I'm like no you must be five oh, and above you like, can you do from- that? yeah you can do like height? at least on on him you can do height you can do oh, ethnicity you can do <gasps> location so I think my specifications are so small that like yeah the pool of people mm. that I'm pulling is like what are the actual chances oh, I don't know I-, I wish I was better at meeting people in person but I think I think I'm getting better though like, I'm a bit less afraid now. And it's so weird because, okay, so I used to always be like, no one ever talks to me. But, like, this year, no, like, this trip, I've been walking around, like, Harlem and stuff, and I'm watching mad people looking at me. Yeah. And I think it's just because my mental shift, like, I think I look the same as I did, like, last time I came to New York, you know? So, it's like, my energy is just a bit more open, and it's like, I realized, like, I just didn't have this, like, flirtatious, like, nature that, like, some other women have. And I really, like, shut it down. I used to get criticized for that a lot, too. Like, my grandma, my mom, like, can you dress like a girl? Like, can you, you know, like, how are you going to meet someone? And you got to show your legs. and that shit stays with you, though. Like, when your family says that. Yeah. So I was just always like, oh, I'm, like, the kind of girl that, like, you become friends with, you know? So I'm now I'm trying to undo that because I'm like, actually, I don't want to live this life. Like, Yeah, if I don't want to wear a skirt or a dress, like, I don't want to. But, again, that type of, like familial like trauma and all that shit like they don't realize how it affects us but it's like right. no then you you still carry with yourself like okay well i'm, I'm not girly enough i'm not feminine mm-hmm. enough i'm not gonna attract men because i don't dress like this and exactly like, there's not exactly there's more to it than that you know you can be sexy in your own way like that's what i'm trying to identify because i don't want to feel like i have to be someone else to be able to attract men yeah you know? <laughs> like, got time for that do you want to answer another question? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Someone wrote in and asked this question. Why is body count a thing? Is it bad or is it good? Do you know what oh, body, body count. Oh, it's yes, like when you like say how many how- bodies you slept with. Yes. Oh, God. Do you think it's it's important? I do believe to a certain degree that like you do exchange spiritual energy with the people that you sleep with. So my thing is that if you slept with like a thousand incredible people, then like great. You know, if you're sleeping with those people for the wrong reasons... Mm, that's not so great right. you know so for me i'm like 
<clears throat> I don't have like a super high body count. Do you have a super high body count? I don't. I mean, what what is super high? <laughs> oh God, they that's so true. I know. Like, yeah. I mean, like, it's like I don't know. more than like. Oh my God. Like, what is like high? I don't know. And I mean, to me, I don't think it matters. To me, it's the intention, really. Yeah, it's the intention. And I think, you know, for some people, if you, if you fall in love so quickly or like, like you said, all these connections Mm. that you're making and you just feel like, okay, this is, Mm. wow, this is incredible. Then, you know, I think go for it, Mm. do it. I don't think it's particularly anyone else's business. So not at all. When people ask, if you're in a relationship and someone asks that, I feel like if you feel comfortable answering the question, that's great. But like, I don't think that that number should validate any type of thing, like personality flaw or saying that like you make poor decisions or or, are irrational. No, I agree with you. I think I've never been asked that in a relationship, but I I think that it does, it does give information about like just the person though. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh, this person is like that you know what i mean doesn't yes. mean that you don't have to create a judgment after that you know what i mean but it's like okay like this is her story like just the same way that say, say someone has a really low body count there's some things that you can learn from that as well like because you might be able to say like for me i've had to overcome a lot of trauma to even get to a place where i felt comfortable like having sex with people because like for some of the things that happened to me like when i was earlier as in a child as a child yes like really created some really really dark blockages for me it took me years to overcome so if someone's like oh you never you just start if i'm telling you like just now in my life i'm finally getting to that place like there's something to learn about that it's like and that can um invite more conversations yes. you know and and learning about other people and like what they might have been through and like how they deal with sex and what sex means for them and like you know i think i don't know i feel like it's kind no of yeah no I you don't. know what it is it's what? just that people have to become better at actually asking what they want to know Instead exactly. of like using other random questions like loopholes to loopholes, then yeah. get to extract answers out of. It's like, what do you want to know? What do you want to know? Do you want to know like, if I commitment? Do you want to <laughs> yes. know if I like to get around? I'll tell you. Yeah, like, just exactly. Ask. Like, why do you need to know the numbers? Yeah. The month, the person, like exactly. what, where they lived, but you know? But it's because literally everyone's internalized all these crazy like beliefs like about sexuality. So therefore they're just, you know. Yeah. They go, if they're judging you for having people you slept with is because they, you know, that also tells you about them as well. It's like, okay. Oh, definitely. They have some growing to do as well. And to, For sure. And I think sometimes for some men, like the number of, of, of partners like a woman has had Obviously, like there's there's so much history related to like women and like mm-hmm. virginity and purity and all mm. these things, and I still think it kind of exists in today's world. And I think for men, they does. want you to you know be sexually open with them, yes. But then they want to know that like okay, you're preserved when it comes yeah. to other people. Or, like I'm getting something special, so I'm just like okay, these these questions are outdated. We need to continue Listen moving to on. How many women have you had sex with? Mm. Because I'm sure it's you know whatever. Twice the number that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whatever number you told me, I know you're lying. Yeah. Add a zero. <laughs> That's real. Amazing. Oh. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to make this connection happen. Me too. Thank and you so much for having me. Yes, I had so much fun. And I, I feel like I don't have that many Senegalese friends. I need call to. me. I'll call you. No, <laughs> I really. You know what's WhatsApp number. Please. I, I really do. I've never been to London. So I do want to come Ooh, this fall. I've never, I've never been. So. Um, I definitely hope to see you yeah, when please, I come. Please do. I, I appreciate this podcast and like what you're doing. Like I've never heard anything like this. And like I obviously can really relate to it because I'm, you know, from Senegal and black woman. Yeah. It, so thank you for your work. Sure. Is there anything about your music or that you want to let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah. Um, well, you can listen to my um latest project called Darkness at Play. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, you know, all of them. 
Um, and you know, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, everything at Anais Zero. So that's Z E R O and A N A I S Z E R O. Um, so yeah. Perfect. Thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe, like, share all that good stuff, and we'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you. Bye.